Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Key. And this week we're looking at Season 1, Episode 9, Selling Out, in which Frasier questions whether he should advertise products given his position as a radio psychiatrist. Key, in this episode, we open with one of the most famous KACL callers, Roger, who has had a very successful year in his own words. I want to ask you, if you had a very successful year, what would you call your cabin cruiser if you bought one? Right, now, let's be clear. The Intrepid is a great name. It okay? is a good name. Anyone who wants to call it Lulu Bell is wrong. Simply, <laughs> They're a simply put. Um, I don't know. I'm like... Uh, see, I think my problem is, if I now bought a boat, I would call it the Intrepid as a Fraser reference. Yeah, it's just kind of internalised now that you can't yeah. possibly envisage any other name. But I tell you, if I was like 50, no commitments, nothing like that, I think I'd buy like buy a boat and just sail. Well, this is one of the other questions I was going to ask. I mean, if, yeah. you, if you had the kind of lucrative success that Roger presumably has, he sounds like a stockbroker, some kind of, you know, some kind of money man, um, Wall Street guy. I mean, would you buy a cabin cruiser for starters or would you kind of splash out on another material good? I don't know. I think, I think as a bloke, I think the idea of like getting a boat and sailing the world is kind of a romantic idea. I think it sounds really cool. I know I, I know absolutely nothing about sailing, so it would end very badly. <laughs> I think it would go downhill fast. Um, okay, but you, you'd still stick with the boat, you think, just because of the romance of... Of the sa- of sailing, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I once knew a guy right who told me that if his wife died and his wife was sat next to him, then he'd um, <laughs> he'd buy a boat, sail around the world, and then go to every football ground in the country. And <laughs> okay, getting... in this country, yeah. Um, okay, and, and he was getting really excited telling me this, and his wife was just getting more and more annoyed that he was like fantasizing about <laughs> what he was going to do when she was dead. It's so brutally sad. I mean, to, to kind of yeah, let alone to kind of fantasize about what could be, but to do so with her right next to him is just I think devastating. She turned, I think. she turned around and went, "You can do that now," and he just looked at her and "No, I'll wait. <laughs> it's okay." <laughs> I just imagine him kind of like putting his hands together like Mr. Burns, like "I'll bide my time." You know. <laughs> Your, your time will come before mine. But um, <laughs> a good way to kind of get us get us thinking about selling out uh, the episode we're looking at this week. Are you ready to tuck yourself into Trivia Corner for uh, this in- week's questions? I am indeed. Okay. I will start with question one, if you, if you don't mind. Are you ready? Yep. yep. Okay. How long is Roger's cabin cruiser in feet? I mean, I'm only going to refer to it as the Intrepid. Uh, the Intrepid, I yes. The Intrepid, is, is it 48 feet? It is 48 feet. You have oh. come out of the blocks flying as always. <laughs> well done. Okay. Um, my first question. Okay. Hit me. Uh, what are Daphne's two examples of celebrities endorsing products? Oh my God. I genuinely, genuinely cannot remember. I'm... <laughs> Part of me thinks it's going to be some kind of politician. And, and oh, God. Can you give me even the slightest clue here? Uh, one is fictional. One is real. Um, oh, the one, yeah. Um, the, the purple hippopotamus, Dr. Sneezy. Yes, it's Dr. Sneezy. Yeah, Dr. Sneezy for some kind of cough medicine, cold medicine chest otherwise um, okay so there's one a real she a real live one does this happen in the same scene as dr sneezy or is it yeah, different it's, it's i think it's like the line before oh man he says I think, I think you're gonna have to tell me this one and she says oh you mean like x does 
one word as a name. Share. Yeah, like just like share. Yes, because <laughs> Fraser says, right, thank you, Daphne. That's one against. <laughs> yeah. Actually, very topical considering share recently came out on Twitter supporting Joe Biden in the general election. Um, not to we are a non-partisan podcast that doesn't know enough about US politics to possibly <laughs> yeah, wade true. in. But I've been kind of keeping an eye on it. And, you know, Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, it's the kind of the big thing at the moment. And yeah, Cher coming out and endorsing Joe Biden. A lot of the people I follow, I'm, you know, I can freely admit are Sanders-esque. So yeah. they were pretty affronted by by Cher coming out and supporting supporting Biden. But I mean, have you been kind of keeping up to date with the, the US primaries and stuff? Um, yeah, insofar as I know who, I know, is it, uh, is it Bloomsburg, as I think just pulled out? Or? Bloomberg, yeah, former yeah. kind of mayor of NYC and he spent like yeah. $500 million of his own fortune in like um, a month on his own vanity campaign. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, my understanding of it from the Democrat perspective is that it's a question of is it Bernie or is it Biden? Big time, yeah. And I mean, um, I, I don't know enough to know who. I know Biden's currently winning on delegates, but yeah, um, but I don't think there's much. I have no it, idea who's going to Anyone to take down Trump is like <laughs> great. Yeah, I think that, that's fair enough, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, in my head, I I think Sanders a bit more left wing. I think of him as like he's American yeah, answer to Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah, he's way more left wing than Biden. Yeah. Um, He's kind of like the, the he would be the most socialist potential kind of candidate for the presidency that I, I imagine America's ever had. I, mean, I always think in America, I don't know how much because obviously you've got Congress and the Senate. Is I don't know how much influence the president as an individual really has. It I, is far more checked, I think, because of the fact that you normally have like the opposition. Yeah, in the majority. In the other. In, yeah, in the other. So they kind of yeah. keep the presidency in check in that term. So yeah, it's it's very interesting. I, I really don't know enough. I've been meaning to watch the West Wing for ages now. Oh. And I think I think yeah. the West Wing would probably solve my solve my questions. I mean, if you if you watch that. I've seen the first three or four episodes. I've never really gotten into it, but it's one I want to get into and I feel like yeah. could if I gave it the time. I mean, one podcast I'd recommend, um, again, I've only listened to a couple of episodes. I think there is a podcast called, I think, is it The West Wing Show or something like that? I think it's done by people who actually appeared on the show. I was just about to mention that, actually, because I know, I think it's James Dyer, who is a writer for Empire Film Magazine. He has a West Wing podcast, I think. He's oh, very yeah. up on, on West Wing. And I know he's been able to pull on connections and get people on there. So it may well be his. Yeah, I think it might be The West Wing Weekly, possibly. That yeah, that um, rings a bell. I follow I on be Twitter. Wrong. I feel like I've seen that before. Yeah, it's along those lines. But yeah, the West Wings are show I need to get to. But anyway, trivia yeah. corner question okay. two. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, the fastest we've ever gone off on a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just wouldn't be we're listening if we didn't go off on a tangent at some point. Okay, yeah. question two: Which Californian city is BB flying to? Oh God. Um, I know she's flying to Stanford. She is going to visit her daughter at Stanford, but um, Stanford is not us? a city, is it? <laughs> it's not, I'm afraid. Oh, I've no idea. I just know if this it's is any. If this is any clue at all for you. James Franco wrote a short story collection named after the city because it's where he grew up. And that was then turned into a film by Gia Coppola, who I believe is the either the daughter or granddaughter of Francis Ford Coppola, who directed The Godfather, if that is a wow. clue for you at all. It's not, but it's a nice mm. bit of knowledge. It is a good bit of knowledge. But okay, so you, you get a tap out for this one? No, I've got no I would be about to guess. Okay, it is Paolo Alto. Oh, okay. Paolo Alto. I, I mean, I'm, I may be pronouncing that terribly, terribly <laughs> wrong, but uh, it's, yeah, it's like P-A-L-O-A-L-T-O. It's like eight letters, uh, Paolo Alto. But yeah, that's the one. 
Okay, my second question. Hit me. Uh, what do you get free with the Renwood hot tub? <laughs> I've made I've made a note of this in my notes because of Fraser's face when when this line is delivered and and of course the delivery. I believe it's a complimentary scum guy. <laughs> It is indeed. <laughs> it is indeed. Brilliant. I finally get one. <laughs> okay. Question three of my selection. What is Emery's Nuts slogan? Oh, okay. What I'm hearing, I don't know if it will... Okay, I think, is it is it Emery's Nuts, the Nut Lover's Nut? It is indeed <laughs> the Nut Lover's Nut, which I think I... it's quite beautiful in its simplicity, wouldn't you say? <laughs> I, I just I can hear Dr. <laughs> that Dr. Joyce saying it at the end. That's, yeah. that's how it sticks with me. She is, um, yeah, she's, I, I, I can hear it as well. It's just, yeah, I mean, it's not the worst slogan in the world. It's not great, but I mean, it's stuck with me enough to ask a question about it. So there you go. Capitalism has won again. <laughs> yeah. Okay, my final question. What Hit was me. the name of Daphne's TV show? This is the show she was in when she was back in Manchester. Yeah, when she was um, 12. I have a feeling it was called Mind Your Knickers. It was indeed. Yeah, there we You're go. I've made a note that it reminded, it sounded to me like a cross between the History Boys meets Tracy Beaker. Um, if anyone is listening who's outside of the UK, <laughs> which is probably everyone, um, that might not mean anything. But yeah, I mean, is that what, does that ring a, a ch- chime true with you? It does actually. I mean, I, I didn't think of it like that, but as soon as you've said it, I can't picture anything else. Yeah, it seems like that kind of hybrid show like yeah. kind of feel good kind of a a, a, te- a cheesy teen soap but actually probably wouldn't have been that bad it's a kind of guilty pleasure if it had aired in this in this country we probably would have grown up watching at some point i think definitely okay so good good stuff a trivia corner there we can kind of move on to the show now the review as we as we always do so we've we've kind of intimated at the beginning with the questions um that we open with roger and probably i i, I think it's fair to say He's definitely in the top five most famous callers on KACL. Would you agree there? I one hundred percent. For me, Fraser's put down is yeah. one of the greatest put downs in human history. It is come or otherwise. Yeah, I see <laughs> this on kind of the the subreddit a lot. I see it on kind of Fraser fan club, all the other Fraser offshoots. This gets posted all the time because it is just not only is it just such sharp writing, but I mean, if you ever got the chance to even to even kind of get halfway to the level of sass that Frazier does in this in this comeback in real life, you would absolutely leave your opponent for dead. I think it is unbelievable. At Cornell University, they have an incredible piece of scientific equipment known as the tunneling electron microscope. Now, this microscope is is so powerful that by firing electrons, you can actually see images of the atom the infinitesimally minute building block of our universe. Roger, if I were using that microscope right now, I still wouldn't be able to locate my interest in your problem. I mean, it would be a drop-the-mic moment and just walk out. If you manage to, <laughs> if you manage to get it all yeah. out. I mean, the fact that in, like, I Hate Fraser Crane, he, he kind of blows on the mic and he spins it and he puts it into his holster in inverted commas. This is a time when he should be doing that, I think, because this is just... He, he talks about kind of Roger has phoned up saying he's had a pretty good year. He doesn't explain what he does. I'm assuming he's a stockbroker, a lawyer, some other kind of potentially immoral source of ex, you know exorbitant wealth. And he's he's trying to decide whether to call his boat 
the intrepid or the Lulu Bell after his wife's mother. Um, Roger clearly has a lot of contempt for both his wife and her mother. And <laughs> he comes to Frasier asking him, yeah, kind of, what, what should I call this? And But yeah, it's phenomenal. I, I absolutely love when callers are calling up in the middle of like an argument with their spouse. <laughs> like, so often, another, it happens so often. There's another one, I think, where literally a guy is calling up about directions or something <laughs> like that. And I, just, I absolutely love it. It's, it's so real world and it's, it's brilliant. It really is. It really is. And we kind of, this kind of sets the ball rolling because after he's he's delivered this unbelievable put down and burn to Roger, Roz gives him an advert to, to read out um, and he, he kind of, he, he balks at this a little bit and he, he, he goes for a pre-recorded advert. And then he, he goes into Ross's booth and he kind of says, you know, I can't become a common pitchman, is his words. He doesn't want to become someone who kind of reads out advertising and, and becomes like, yeah, just another shill of capitalism. Do you kind of buy into this? Do you think this is a, a good stance to take? Or when you kind of see the figures of money that are being offered to him, if you were in Fraser's position, would you be more willing to kind of snap their hands off? I would snap their hands off. Yeah, I think Fraser's. I think I think he overinflates his own importance as a bloke and, mm. and he works, it works great for his character. But he sees himself as this person that people really do. I think he tells them that, you know, people do what I say. I have a lot of influence. Um, mm. I think if I was in Fraser's position, I would just see myself as, as a cool show host. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think he does have an inflated sense of, of importance. And this kind of comes back in, in other episodes as well. Um, but yeah, he's, he thinks everything he says has a real kind of cultural cachet. Um, that's definitely a term I've used in previous episodes to describe him. Uh, and it's just, yeah, it's it's interesting to think that he, he really does believe he dictates and governs the lives of those listening to him. So he doesn't want to just become someone who <laughs> gives out Chinese restaurant recommendations, etc. But um, I think what really works so well is this the, the playoff between Frasier with this person who sees himself as a moral beacon who won't do it. And then you get Bulldog who comes in. <laughs> <laughs> Right from the start, I mean, I love his line as he comes in. Uh, Fraser has his flies down. It's whoa, doc. This is a radio state, a studio, not a bus terminal. Yeah, <laughs> it just- it's it's a great it's a great line. Also potentially homophobic kind of yeah. dialing into like yeah what it's actually tapping into there but then that's ironic considering as we've already discussed dan butler being gay himself in real life so yeah i think friend fraser comparing bulldog to noel coward i'm not completely certain of noel coward's sexuality i know he's extremely camp i think um, yeah i'm assuming he was he was gay i don't know for sure but yeah the kind of comparison to bulldog there is is fantastic and am i am i right in thinking this is the first time we've seen bulldog since the the kind of intro episode or since his introduction yeah i was gonna say this is definitely for me it's the second time overall that he's appeared yeah it's surprising actually i think looking back i don't know i always think of bulldog as being in it more than perhaps he has been yeah i think he's got such a good presence um and i i love the the episodes he's in because he we've talked about the fact that he has much more of a dominating presence in in the early seasons and yeah, it's interesting to, to see him come back in this. I, I kind of, he just picks up where he left off. He doesn't miss a beat. That's just the kind of character he is. And and Dan Butler gives such a good performance. But yeah, I mean, looking back at the episodes we've seen, I'm, it, it's hard to say, oh, you know, Bulldog would have fit in well here. But it is a shame we haven't kind of had him a little bit more up to this point. Yeah, I mean, I think this scene, he does it so well. And he's very, very, very racist. Um, <laughs> I'm just about to say. Little that. adverts. But what works well is that you're always, as, as the audience, you're meant to laugh at him. That's what yeah. makes it absolutely fine for me. You know, it's just, it works really well. 
because it's Bulldog who's the butt of the joke, really, you know? Yeah, the, the audience know he's being racist and we're kind of chiming in on that. And there's a nice bit of, uh, not a throwback, but in Ham Radio in, I believe, season mm. four, uh, one of the one of the greats of, of Frasier. There's a great throwback, really, to to this because he does another very racist <laughs> Chinese impression of the character Mr. Wing or Mr. Wang. He, they change it to Wing because he can't possibly say Wang, and he does a very similar impression. And Roz says in that episode, "Whoa, whoa, you know, Chinese Embassy on Line One." And in this episode, when he does his crispy duck, she says to Frasier, we're going to get sued. So in both those episodes, separated by like, you know, 60 episodes or whatever, they're, they're four seasons apart. We have Bulldog doing a racist Chinese impression and we have Raz kind of calling him out on it. And I just think there's a really good symmetry to that. There, I really like and it just it sets up the characters and just the relationship between them. And I, I always really like, actually, when you have a similar joke so far apart, because it shows that however much characters might develop might change you can just see that the core of who they are is remain the same and you can still there's still going to be that react one's still going to do something like that and the other is still going to react to that and that's what i, I really like that yeah i know i think, I think you, you're spot on there i just I, you can help me out here i've i've jotted down great interaction with eddie i can't even remember what happens with eddie in this episode um, can, you, so, can you remember what happens so the start of the next scene fraser comes in and he's just said he's put a dent in his, his front bumper uh, yes. because the tennis ball that he hung over his space so he won't go too far just <laughs> and then eddie arrives with the ball uh so fraser uh, throws it out the window for him that is the that's it's, it's the body language of fraser leaning against the balcony door and kind of you know gesturing his hand to eddie as if to say you know i'll oh, go you know after you kind of thing after he's lobbed it off the balcony just brilliant i, I just I, i've kind of made a separate note but i think this episode starts ex exceptionally strong and i mean this is something we'll, we'll come back to at the end but i think overall this is a very very strong episode but yeah just the whole interaction with eddie that's really good and my next door neighbor actually has like a separate garage to his house and i know he hangs like a piece of cloth for when he reverses in so he knows how far to go in or how far not to go in so this isn't kind of a strange kook of fraser i think he's got a point with this tennis ball thing yeah it's clever i mean what i will say i i actually this episode was a lot funnier than I remember it being. Yeah. I actually thought, oh yeah, this is gonna it's gonna be okay. You know, it's it's all right. Um but no, I was it was a laugh I really stronger than I thought it'd be. Yeah, I think I think it's really good. Um and we haven't got to the introduction of a certain character yet, which I won't oh, spoil, yes. but she in particular makes it fantastic. But just before we get to that, we have Frasier using his celebrity status to get a reservation at uh, a, a Chinese restaurant. It might be Wu Wu Yan Palace or something like that. I can't it, remember the name. Wu Han Palace or who? Yeah, it Wuhan? might be. Um, I feel weird saying Wuhan at the moment, yeah. considering oh, okay. the, uh, <laughs> the kind of cor the coronavirus epicenter. Uh, it's Hunan Palace. Hunan Palace. It's Hunan yeah. Palace. There we go. Um, and yeah, so he kind of, he pulls rank when he phones because he wants to get a, a reservation. Would you do this if you were as famous as Frasier? That's something I wanted to ask you. Oh, I don't know. I really, I genuinely hate being the center of attention. Oh, um, I'm, I'm inclined to agree. To be honest, I think if I was famous, I probably wouldn't, I'd really not go out that much because I wouldn't want, I know there's always, a, there's a very famous story of George Best going out um, 
with his partner mm. and he and all night long was just like girls coming up to him wanting like an autograph and all this and i'd, I'd hate that that would really really bother me yeah i'm i'm inclined to agree uh and for those who are listening outside of the uk kieran and i both support the the english team aston villa and we have a young player called jack Grealish, who's like the talisman of our team and yeah he he has similarly said recently in very much the same way as George Best, that he is kind of sick and tired of going out in Birmingham with the city Kieran and I are from, listeners, um, because he's just, he's recognised everywhere he goes. And I mean, Jack is at the point now where he'll be recognised everywhere he goes. It's not just a Birmingham thing, but I think he's sick of like blue noses coming up to him. That's blues, Birmingham City fans uh, to those outside of the UK. And yeah, just kind of really similar. He's sick of the the, the kind of the fame and stuff. And I, I'm so with you. I would I would likewise hate that, I think. I mean, I'm curious, would you, if you saw, say, a Villa player on the street, would you go up to him and ask... For a photo or something. I even if I saw like Leonardo DiCaprio walk past me, I would not go up to them, ask them for a photo. I'd be like, "Oh, look, it's such and such," and I'd I'd kind of look at them long enough to hope they they caught my eye and I could smile or wave or just gesture that I knew it was them. But yeah, I do not have the the confidence or kind of even even the the will really to go over to them and get a photo. I'm I'm not really big on that kind of culture of. Oh yeah, I met so and so. I was here. I was there. You know. I mean, would you? Would you go well, up to like a famous ex- celeb? Exactly the same as you. I wouldn't. I do. I wouldn't for two reasons. One, I wouldn't want to annoy them if they're just going about their day to day life. They don't need me bothering them. Yeah. And two, I I'd hate it if it was someone I loved. You know, if I saw a Roger Federer or a Jack Grealish, oh, and I Roger went up Federer. to them and they were in a bad mood and just sort of snapped at me, <laughs> I'd 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 hate it because. I, you know, I, I don't want to ruin that that impossible standard of them that I've built up in my mind. So for that reason, it, it would I, I be wasn't... like a, yeah, it would be a true case of never meet your heroes. In that case, if Roger Federer snapped at me, <laughs> my whole worldview would collapse. I'd be like, Roger, you know, I, I did tennis lessons for like five years because of you. You know, don't do this to me. Um, but yeah, we after we have kind of Frazier pulling rank and using his his kind of celebrity status to get the reservation. I love the little line he has to to Roz about the Chinese restaurant that he's endorsing, and he says how they arrived on the shores of the U.S. with nothing but a dream, a few recipes, and a walk. It's just it's so beautifully patronizing i think and it's not it's not racist but it's just it just shows fraser's kind of he romanticizes everything he does he's really he has bought into this completely <laughs> he really you know, he, has he wasn't sure if he was going to do it but now he's doing it he's the greatest has ever been you know yeah yeah I mean, even even the way he turned around to go do you like the little ad lib i did there about yen i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah the he, fact that he doesn't know the cultural difference there but Roz does is that another kind of loophole or kind of yeah inconsistency um it's a little bit of a, I, I mean I, I think at that moment he's just so pleased with his own joke that he hasn't thought it through properly yeah i think he's just he's just seeing the low-hanging fruit of the pun and he's grasped it with both hands and yeah he's not kind of paying any attention to it after that beautiful quote he steps out into the hall of ksl and we have the introduction of one bb glazer dr crane what a privilege this is excuse me bb glazer I'm Bulldog Briscoe's agent. Key, what are your opinions on BB? I'll tell you what. I think, am I right in thinking, is it Harriet Harris who plays? BB? I believe it is, yes. And t- for future reference, when we get to the 
Joe Keenan, who was a writer for Frasier. When we get to the interview that I did with him, which we may release as a separate episode at some point soon, um, he mentions in particular that Harriet Harris was like phenomenal to work with. So just something to bear in mind. But yeah, carry on. What I will say is I have never ever seen a scene in Frasier with her in it where she does not just completely dominate the screen. Yeah. You know, everything is I... just, everything is such, she's such a big presence whenever she's on stage. It's brilliant. I was going to say this. She outacts Kelsey Grammer in in this episode, and I think for anyone to kind of, I mean, there's so many great actors in this show. We've talked about John Mahoney. We've talked about David Hyde Pierce. Um, you know, we've talked about Roz and you know Jane Lee's Perry Gilpin. They all hold their own, and they're all fantastic. But she she doesn't have that many lines. But she's just got such kind of raw charisma and character and presence as you say and she, she's like i mean have you ever studied dr faustus the the play oh, i have not enough but i'm i'm aware of the gist okay yeah so like faustus summons this this demon mephistopheles she's basically like you know the, the the henchman of satan that does his bidding she is literally like a female suited mephistopheles because she's just got she's got the red hair she's got the kind of violent tendencies i just think she's she's so manipulative and machiavellian and just a fantastic character yeah yeah and i love her just the way that she can be quite like over the top and flamboyant and then just snap to you know I mean, I, I wrote down as I was I was writing this. Everyone wants a BB in their corner. Oh yeah, absolutely. And she's—I I can't remember the name of the episode. It might be um, Agents in America Part Three or Part Two or something. I have a feeling it's, it's next season. She says at one point to Fraser, "Aren't you glad I'm on your side?" So it echoes that entirely. Yeah, and I mean, at, at times, like you can understand if you're in Fraser's position. At times, she's annoying you. At times, you think she's going too far and pushing you a bit, but. When the chips are down, I want BB on my side. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's she perfectly blends like she's kind of, um, what's the word? She's intimidating and she'll fight for you and she's aggressive and determinated. And then at other times, determined, not determined. <laughs> um, then, at, then at other times, she's like a seductress almost. And she's yeah. kind of like, yeah, this this kind of biblical figure of like a succubi kind of drawing Fraser, a siren drawing him to the rocks. And um, I just think just so much is bound in that, in that, in just like the delivery of her lines. And she's so, the way she manipulates him in this scene is so clever. The way, you know, she really, she plays up to his ego. Then she brings Fred, Frederick into it. You know, then yeah. says, you know, you don't need that. I'm going to, I'm not going to accept it because you know, you're just too, too pure for this. And in the end, he's the one sort of running after her. It's yeah. Yeah. She, she so completely well kind of anticipates the, the power imbalance and, 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 you know, flips it in her favor. And there's so many brilliant lines in the scene. Like when, <laughs> when Frasier says Harvard and then she goes, ouch, <laughs> kiss it and make it better. <laughs> She, she has this kind of, that's one of her big techniques and the writers kind of wrote this for her. But like, yeah, when she, she she reacts to words and sentences in really unique ways that no other character in the show does so in you know, in, in, this, in quite the same way. And I just think, I just think it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, she's not, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it, the way she reacts. It's brilliant. It just, I, I love it in the, I don't, I just, I can't describe it. There's, there is something about what she does. I can't quite say what it is but it's different to everyone else and it, it suits her so so well yeah she's immediately she's immediately differentiated to the other characters and even even just not only just the main characters which i think she 
she definitely could have been in more episodes for my money because I think she's phenomenal. Um, but even the supporting characters like Gil, for example, who aren't always in episodes, but when they are, they tend to have a bit of a scene stealing presence. Um, she's just got like such a, a, a dominating presence. But I, I've got the kind of after this scene, after he kind of accepts BB and, and he takes BB on as his agent who's going to kind of fight for him in this dilemma about advertising that, that really is the plot of this episode. We have Frasier, Martin, and Daphne in a jacuzzi in a hot tub, um, a redwood hot tub, as you've already established in your question. I just, I think it's a really bizarre setup having all three of them, but being really intimate in public. I mean, it's not like a bad scene, but yeah, I mean, I don't know how you responded to this. It's really weird. It just that they're in the showroom. It's the middle of the day, and there's just people in suits walking <laughs> around. You know, da- like Frasier's and Martin are bare chest. Daphne's in like a swimming costume. It's a it's a strange sort of little scene, like it, it is, and I, I don't I don't I've never been to a hot tub showroom, but I mean I've worked at a garden center where we've sold hot tubs, and I can tell you it is not the norm to have <laughs> a place where people can dress into like undress into swimwear and climb into a hot tub. It's just yeah, that's I mean that's not done. I mean, have you ever been in a hot tub, Key? And what are your opinions on them? I've I've never been in a hot tub, and I do not anticipate that I will ever go and buy try and buy a hot tub and go. Hang on, can I uh, try <laughs> can it I try out? Try <laughs> Um, we're, the only thing I really know about hot tubs is something you told me when I was younger. Wow. Um, for some reason, it, this stuck with me, is that a jacuzzi is just a brand of hot tub. So <laughs> all jacuzzis are hot tubs, but not all hot tubs are jacuzzis. I actually told you that when we were little. Yeah, well, you told me that when I was younger. And it's when what? I saw this scene, it was the first thing I thought of. because. Oh, my God. How have you remembered that? That is terrifying. <laughs> It's true though, isn't it? That's what you told me. It is true. I, I'm yeah. fairly certain jacuzzi is a brand. It's a bit like, bit like to quote Alan Partridge when people say tannoy when they mean public address system. Um, yeah, it's one of those. Or when we say Hoover when we mean vacuum, it's kind of yeah. The brand has taken on a life of its own. But yeah, we have Martin, Daphne, and Fraser using the, the jacuzzi. At one point, Fraser thinks he sees the head of his psychiatric board walk in, and he j- jumps under the water, and it's not him at all. And Martin and Daphne kind of make a joke about enjoying the silence. I've kind of got after this point the yeah when Fraser's listening to the advert back at the apartment we have that line about the complimentary scum guard and his face during this moment is just it's fantastic it's hilarious from from Kelsey Grammer I I, tell, I absolutely love the advert itself just <laughs> even the way he sort of tells Daphne just to shush so he can hear it back again yeah so he can hear his own voice so like when he says to Martin oh you know did you like it yeah I liked it did you really really like it no I just liked it I just think that's a great interaction as well that is so me the way he, the way he goes no you liked it you hated it didn't you that's <laughs> yeah i'm just saying like i'm always over analyzing what people say like if it's opinions about something i've done or said or or made yeah you you start kind of even if someone just says i like it three let three words you immediately start kind of unpacking it and thinking oh what could they have meant by this or what could they have meant by that and even though it's a tiny fleeting scene you have the fact that fraser's seeking his father's approval which i think is quite nice yeah he just wants positive affirmation that's you know mm. that's what he really wants and we all want positive affirmation so i get that with fraser fair enough to him yeah i think we, there was a there was a not to kind of keep mentioning them but on fraser fan club on facebook i should say that the fraser subreddit is my kind of main port of call and where i first fell in love with fraser fandom 
Um, the the Fraser Fan Club is on Facebook's kind of a new acquisition, but they recently had just a poll about who our favorite character is and who we relate to the most. And in that kind of idea of Fraser seeking other people's affirmation, I did just kind of say, you know, Fraser is the person I relate to most in the show, even if he is kind of pompous and arrogant at, at times. He, above all the others, is the person I relate to the most. I mean, who would you say you relate to the most if you had to pick one? I think for, for me, I'd say Niles. Like, really? That, that's, I like that. I like that you said Niles. I was expecting you to say Martin, which would have been you know, equally viable. But why, why do you say Niles? I, I think that he's someone who is always comparing himself to his brother. And I always yeah. compare myself to my brother. And that's he's always yeah, trying that. to outdo his, his brother and just sort of... Mm. You know, I and I like to think I've got a clever one-liner in me. So <laughs> you, you, you do. I've I known do. you for a good twenty years, Key. You've got a good one-liner in you. <laughs> I just, I also just love the way he, in his own effeminate way, just puts everyone else down. And mm. I just, he's not a bloke's bloke, but he will put down down everyone else. And I just, I love it. Absolutely. He's always he's also been like heavily dominated by women in his life. Would you say that <laughs> That's is a <laughs> true? <laughs> you know, to be honest, you know, I think I could see myself in Niles when I think of that as well. Um, and Niles is Niles and Fraser. I think they're both very relatable characters. Uh, yeah, I think everyone both, sees... both great kind of protagonists. Yeah, I think everyone sees themselves in both of them. To be mm. honest. Yeah, I think so. I, I, the next kind of bullet point I jotted down here is just my own revelation of of how kind of nuts your me- no pun intended there how nuts <laughs> your memory is. How on earth did you remember that the brand of nuts in this episode were called Emery's? Because at the end of last episode, when I said, "Oh, what's selling out about again?" you said, "Is it the one with Emery's nuts?" I was just blown over that you remembered the brand. Did I actually know the brand? I've some word. Yeah, you I said. You said. Is, is, that, is that the one where he does the advert for Emery's Nuts? Oh, wow. Um, I think it must just be that Dr. Joyce line at the end. <laughs> I, I, I love that line. <laughs> it's just nuts. Like, I, I remember some strange details about Frasier, but to remember the brand of nuts in this episode, I think, is is this is why you're such a formidable foe, not only to me, but to my Coffee with Niles over on the subreddit, um, who, I, who although we haven't had questions from him this week, is preparing in kind of his lair somewhere. Um, his trivia lair to to kind of take you down but yeah like that to me is that's the impressive memory do you think there's kind of a lot more in the fraser bank that we're yet to discover i don't know i feel everyone's setting a standard now and i'm gonna fall pain for the job. <laughs> you're gonna fall on your sword so after we have the kind of the, the nuts thing with with bb's come over to his house and she's trying to get fraser to to sign up for the emery's nuts advert and fraser says quite willingly you know i'm, I'm not a fan of them they're extremely fattening and salty and frankly they sound delicious as someone who <laughs> likes peanuts and cashews um i mean this this is a five figure deal. If you oh. again to ask a similar question, if you're in Fraser's position here, I mean, how would you go about this? See, I don't. I think there's a bit of a plot hole here, actually. Um, oh, I'd like to hear this. So in this, right, BB says at the start of the scene, we know they're serious because it's pay or play, and Daphne says. Yes. That's the best kind. You get your money whether you do it or not. Yeah, I yeah, that that struck me as weird because I was like, so, what? I was like, why would anyone do it then? Yeah, exactly. Just. If he's going to get five figures for doing nothing, just say no and take the money. Am I? I am maybe all, I'm missing something. Yeah. All I can suggest is that a, con- a contract like that might be the kind of thing where, say, it's five figures. So it's just say it's ten grand. He will get ten grand for doing it, or he will get I don't know two grand for not doing it and just like endorsing them 
in the most minor way possible or something, not doing the advert. So the idea is he's incentivized to do the the full blown gig. Otherwise, he will get a you know a fraction of the, of the price. Does, does that maybe make sense? That, I don't that know. makes a lot more sense actually. I really was sort of scratching my head at that, um, and, and I couldn't understand why he was you know really tossing and turning over this when it didn't really matter because. Yeah. He it it did strike me as weird as well um and i don't i don't know how these kind of contracts work or how advertising works where you could get paid for not doing any work i mean that to me is nuts um but i mean ultimately fraser goes through with it and he he does um agree to do the to the emery's nuts advert but of course the joke is he doesn't fully understand all that it entails we have some excellent line deliveries um yet again from from bb and from fraser but Frasier kind of opening, looking in the vanity mirror backstage at the advert, saying, I've never been quite happy with my nose. And then BB says, You can't be serious. That's a nose people trust. <laughs> and that's one of my favorite lines on the show, I think. I just, I absolutely love this. I love the way that the BB just controls him in this scene. Just, you know, even the way, you know, she's turning his chair so he doesn't see the, <laughs> the nut costume and. And she's talking to him about tuition and retirement beach house. And, and I, yeah, I, I, the, the delivery of tuition, actually, is one that kind of I love the way she just goes, tuition. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just this way that she can just twist it, can't she? she from being so in control and like. It's a, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh... What? Tuition? Retirement beach house? <laughs> in the way that, you know, she's manipulating him. And then she can just sort of screech these words. Out, and it's just it's brilliant. It's um, phenomenal. But I absolutely love in this scene the little the way she looks at him and goes, How long have we been together? And he looks <laughs> up at so trusting, like a little puppy dog, six days. <laughs> <laughs> like a puppy dog, I think, is extremely <laughs> accurate. Just the fact that she could ask that question. They haven't even known each other a week. And like she's already kind of emotionally manipulating him. I just think, yeah, this this whole scene is is phenomenal. And we have the, the fact that Fraser's gotta dress up as a nut and say, you know, I know a nut when I see one, and which is an incredibly immoral line, and I completely understand why he takes umbrage with this line. What's interesting, I think that when Dr. Joyce did this, she did not deliver that line. Yeah, I noticed she doesn't deliver this line. So theoretically, could Fraser not just have done the advert and not said that line because i don't think to say you're both a couple of nuts isn't offensive in the context of the advert because they are dressed as nuts so he could have got away with it i don't get this this is another bit of a plot hole i mean maybe dr joyce just has a bit more cachet than him or or maybe yeah because he does say it's frederick's favorite favorite psychiatrist psychologist maybe she has a bit more cashew than him cashew yeah (laughs) oh god so there's a bit of a delay in the mic i didn't quite hear the joke oh god i love the way you repeated it so i wouldn't wouldn't forget the joke (laughs) excellent excellent um i've got a note down here the coffee count for this episode is one we have i think i can't remember if it's fraser or niles one of them is drinking in the vosa the other one just sits down at the table but that brings the total up to 14 so far so we have kind of yeah episode nine and we've had 14 coffees at some point consumed in the vosa by the main cast so now this creeping this, up okay this scene between niles and fraser mm. 
I've got a couple of points to say about this. Um, I'd love now, to hear them. <laughs> thank you. Um, as, <laughs> as listeners will often know, I often watch this with uh, with my girlfriend who will come in while I'm I'm watching the episode before we record. Mm, you do. Um, and I, it's really interesting. The way I viewed this scene, the way she viewed it was quite... Th- she really did not like the line about, about the actress who everyone looks up her skirt and she complained how no one took her seriously as an actress. Right. She felt that line was really dated and it wouldn't work today. Is he referring to Marilyn Monroe? That's, I think it's Marilyn. I think it's Marilyn Monroe in that. Is it the scene with the great? Yeah, I, I don't know what what film that's from. I don't know if it's some like it hot or if it's way before then. I I always think it's some like it hot. Now that may just be because it's the only Marilyn Monroe film I know. Yeah, but I don't. I, think... I know she was in a few other films like Niagara. I think that was quite late in her career. But yeah, like I I agree with with Shan on on this case because I think one, it's a dated line, but two. Why doesn't he just name her? Because Marilyn Monroe is so famous. Why does he say, "Oh, it's like that actress"? Yeah, I don't, I don't quite get this. Yeah, I mean, it's putting her down a little bit, you know. Um, so yeah, Shannon really did not like that scene. She didn't like that line, and I just, I thought it was just very interesting for a woman's perspective on it. Oh, I think it is. We have another couple of kind of interesting revelations at this point. Like Niles' license plate has a vanity license plate that says "shrink" in in some regard, which I think is quite funny. Yeah, um, Niles does strike me as someone who would have vanity license plates. Uh, if you had a if you had a car key, would you would you get personalised license plates? I don't think so. I don't think it's me. I don't. There are a lot of money as well. I, I can. I mean, I yeah. don't have one. My brother has, and I can tell you they're they're not cheap. What I was going to say about this scene is that Niles is barely in this episode. He's in this episode probably less than two minutes. He is. Yeah, he's barely um, in it. But there's so many great lines from Niles. I I, I make <laughs> four brilliant lines, and I wrote each of them down. Go, go <laughs> name name a couple of your faves. So, one of them, uh, the first one being... Maris and I rented the video. I don't mind telling you, we pushed our beds together that night. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. I've noticed that this is one of the longest studio audience laughs in probably the, the first nine episodes combined. I think this is like the longest time the studio audience laugh at a joke. It is just phenomenal. The fact that like that alone is hilarious. And then the, the, the kind of counter punchline. And that was no mean feat. Her room, as you know, is across the hall. <laughs> It is yeah, amazing. It's the second, like that first line is amazing in its own right. Like, yeah. as a, like Shannon did not like the line before about a Marilyn Monroe, but in the middle of complaining, she still laughed at them. <laughs> yeah, that's the beauty of Niles. I think even even when he said something kind of boorish and outdated, he can he can come up with a line like that. But it doesn't it doesn't need the second line to be funny. The first line's brilliant already. The second is just as good. It's just you don't see it coming at all. Um, it's brilliant. And I, absolutely love it that was my that's the first and second of the brilliant lines the the third one oh is when um you know fraser asks him would you do it and he just immediately goes a nude scene um i suppose it (laughs) yeah i just i love how he just he's so fixated on on his analogy of the film star um so glad you mentioned that because my third to last bullet point is would you do a nude scene (laughs) if you were asked well um thank you for asking um no problem i i don't I think I'd be too uncomfortable doing a nude scene. Like, oh, I would, I would as well. I mean, we've talked about our mutual... Well, I love you have studied and don't mind the play Equus. 
yeah. which famously has a nude scene in. If you were if you were tasked with you know performing the role of Alan Strang in Equus, would oh. you be would you go through with the the nude scene, the famous nude scene? Probably not. Like no, I think that's I fair. Think, I think you'd need to have a director who really just gets you and that you can work well with. Yeah. Um, when I studied that play and and was acting, I'm definitely not. I did not have the relationship with that director that I'd have felt anywhere near comfortable. <laughs> um, yeah, and you had a trust in the audience as well. It's yeah, it's a lot. If you've got people coming that you know and family members seeing you, I, it takes some real gumption, I think, to to go through with that. It does, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I've never done a nude scene. Like, I generally, like, I've had to, <laughs> I've had to have like quite heated moments with people when I was on stage. Um, what when you when you said I'm not doing a nude scene, I'm drawing <laughs> the line. <laughs> when I've stormed off stage. And refuse to get my cat. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I don't know. I I think it'd be difficult. It'd be really, really difficult. It you would. Know? It would. I, I've um, completely unrelated to to nude scenes, but I've noticed. I've jotted down here. I don't know the figure exactly because um, I kind of jotted it down after I'd made the observation. But I think there are more title cards in this episode than in any previous ones. I think there's about five title cards. I don't know if you noticed. There is a lot, isn't there? There is. It it seems like this. There's a lot of very short scenes. Yeah, the, a lot the... of kind of they're spliced together in some way, but it works so well. There's not really a B plot or a side plot to this. Whereas obviously in previous weeks, we've had that bizarre subplot where they're making the Christmas card. I just think, yeah, this episode works so well. It's just really tight. Yeah, it's kind of, for me, it's a bit like a jigsaw puzzle of all these little moments coming together to like make this whole. And for that's me, a good, it, that's a good observation. Yeah, it really works. For me. Like this, I mean, this Niles and Fraser scene is very, very short. And it's typical of many of the scenes in this episode. It's pretty short, mm. but it's just bang, bang, bang. It's so fun. It's so good. It is literally um, just like, yeah, line after line after line, like all yeah. really good. It is, it's just, it's magnificent. And it's um, just. I've kind of the, I mean, the last bullet point I have literally just says the nut lover's nut. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I've kind of reached the conclusion of my episode. The, that we've already said, intimated, um, that Fraser doesn't go ahead with the, the Emery's nut commercial and Dr. Joyce, a other famous psychologist, goes ahead and does the advert with him and, and Fraser ultimately kind of buys into his ethics. Um, do you have any kind of observations or anything we haven't touched on um, before we play a game of whose crane is it anyway? Uh, it's got to be said, I have no idea who Dr. Joyce Brothers is, but I do love her delivery in in this, this advert. I just, I yeah, think she so holds not... her own, doesn't she? Yeah, and it just the way she delivers the slogan, it's I think it's really impressive. Fair play to, to Dr. Joyce Brothers. I, 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 I'd buy, I'd buy nuts if I if I saw that on TV. I mean, I'm trying to remember the last time I ever saw a commercial for any kind of nut product. I don't. That's a good point, actually. I um, mean, other than Nutella, that doesn't really count because it's basically mm. just chocolate spread, as we yeah. call it here in the UK. Yeah, I, I mean, are you, are you a big, are you are you a consumer of nuts? Key? I'm, I mean, I'm pretty partial. My family in general, we love we love cashews, but I'm not. I I uh, don't really. And we, we get back at them every week. I I don't really like nuts, to be honest with you, but. What I've missed, and what this episode has really made me nostalgic for, is good old-fashioned adverts that are a bit hammed up. Mm. Um, the costumes aren't great, but you know what they're selling from the start. Uh, yeah, so. yeah, there's no. It's not like a perfume advert where you've got Johnny Depp burying a necklace in the Mojave Desert, um, and it's for an aftershave. It's for Dior Sauvage. Other aftershaves are available. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I agree with you, and I think that that kind of hamming things up isn't isn't that what Frasier does best? I think, like as a TV 
show, not as a character. I think this show is about hamming things up in a in a funny way and, and doing it doing it well. Yeah, if you ham things up properly, it can be brilliant. And Frazier yeah. does that time and time and time again. He does. He does. Absolutely. Okay, it's time key for a game of whose crane is it anyway? Are you prepared to guess this week's quote? I'll give it my best shot. Okay, Key. So your quote this week is just two words long. Okay. And it is, that's us, that's us. Oh, I know this. I think, is it Daphne when he says, my friends and family like it too? Yes, it is. You yes. absolutely knocked it out of the park. I really thought that was going to be like, oh, no, it's going to be too hard. It's just two words. There could be anyone. And you're absolutely spot on. It is Daphne when he calls out friends and family on the jacuzzi I, advert. Oh, I, well love how I, I love how excited she is in that moment. No one could possibly know that that's who he's referring to. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, well played, Key. You're, uh, I'm, I'm struggling to remember. I'm not keeping track of the score, but I feel like most weeks you're getting the whose crane is it anyway. I didn't get it last week, I think. Or I might have well, gotten it for the wrong reasons. I'm not sure. I can't really remember. Yeah, that might have been it. But I mean, if you get it, mate, you get it. You're, the, <laughs> you're, you're flying. I think we've kind of come to the, the the kind of the the denouement, the end of selling out. Is there any any kind of final thoughts you want to add? Uh, yeah, two two points. One, I know we've started. We're not very good at it, but we've started to discuss the titles of the episodes. Yes. I don't... This is a good point to bring it in there. I don't think this is based on any, you know, literary or TV reference. I think it's just the phrase, you know, selling out. Yeah. Yeah. Is is the phrase actually referenced in the episode? Like, does Niall say, you know, or Frazier, you're selling out, or you've already um, sold out or anything like that? He does say you've already sold out. He says that, um, I think Frazier asked him, am I selling out? Yeah. I've got the line here, actually. Uh, is this the selling out of Fraser Crane? Oh, so it, it is used in the episode. There we go. Yeah. Another one for the trophy cabinet. And Niall says, oh, no, no, you sold out a long time ago. But yeah, I don't... I mean, it is just... Obviously, the I know the phrase selling out. I don't think there's... Because obviously, we've talked about things like Call Me Responsible and The Crucible, where there's literary references. Yeah. Uh, and, and music. I don't think selling out, that's a reference. No, I, th- I, think, I think you're right. I think that's just a... Uh kind of common colloquialism yeah. a common phrase that they're they're kind of riffing on but yeah, yeah. um what was the the kind of other thing you wanted to, to mention uh, the other thing i was just gonna say is that yeah to, i mean as we said at the start of the episode this is so much stronger than i remember it being mm. i think if you'd have just written down the titles of the episodes at the start of this and said you know which ones do you like out of that i'd be like oh selling out yeah that one's all right i'm yeah. i'm completely inclined to agree i think watching this back i i'm kind of re calibrating my favorites um so far from the from the from the seasons yeah um, from season one but yeah i think i think selling out is exceptionally strong i think it is in the in the top three strongest episodes we've reviewed so far if that's because of bb potentially she's a fantastic side character but even all the bits that bb's not in like there's some great lines between fraser and niles martin and daphne's interaction with fraser and the adverts and the products it feels natural and not forced and i just think everything's really kind of on point in this um, it's really kind of handled really well. Yeah, I mean, this episode, it gets off to a great start with a KACL scene, and it just doesn't let off. I, yeah. I don't think it's a weak scene at all throughout the episode. No, no, I completely agree. Um, I think it's a really strong episode. Yeah, really, really enjoyed reviewing this one. So one thing I was going to add, uh, it seemed like a good time following how much we, we've been praising this. Um, is this episode in your top 10? It's not in my top 10, it pains me to say. Is it in yours? It's not in my top 10. No, but I like, yeah, really I, as like I always it. say, after a strong episode, it makes me want to put it in exactly yeah i feel like i'm gonna to get to 
to one that is in my top 10, I'm going to end up turning around and going, actually, I think I think I prefer the other one. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just, I think any, any, I think a lot of Frasier episodes are going to kind of put pressure on our top 10 selections. And I think that's just testament to the, the overall quality of the, of the episodes for sure. Yeah. So next week we look at season one, episode 10. Oops. Can you remember what happens in this episode? I can't. I, is it something, is it the one, is it something along Frasier like starting a rumor about Bulldog. I want to say it could well be. Um, I I could be wrong. I, I really know that there's an episode know. where like I think Frasier starts a rumor that he's getting sacked. Yes, that is this episode with with Ned Miller. One? The yeah, Ned Miller's the kind of really macho um, yeah. station manager that he he starts the rumor. Yeah, that's absolutely what Oops is. So um, an interesting episode up ahead with more Bulldog in, which I think is only a good thing considering we've kind of sunk his praises a little bit in this episode. But other than that, I've been Will. I've been Key. And thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Well, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs.